Hi, and welcome to another episode of Digital Detox Secrets. So this is kind of like a two-in-one hour. I have Joe Fear here. We just recorded Social PR Secrets. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey, Lisa. Welcome. <laughs> or, I'm back. <laughs> and we're kind of switching gears to talk about Digital Detox Secrets, which is the book, the podcast, and kind of takes a dive into this digital world and work-life balance. And, you know, right now, whenever, depending on when people are listening to this, we are in kind of still the, a pandemic. We don't know if the mm-hmm. doors are going to be open or shut. And Joe, you host a podcast called Hustle and Flow Chart. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That podcast is our baby. Like we love this thing as part of our business. It's the best. So it's, we talk with the most interesting people in our network, which we have a very vast network. And thanks to you, we've been introduced to some even more amazing people. So uh, we just extract these amazing thoughts and patterns and uh, processes that these entrepreneurs, mainly an entrepreneur based show, but I would say anybody kind of has an interest in certain episodes, but we get the, you know, it's long form and we just kind of get the best in these interesting, deep rooted stories out that are just fun to listen to. And um, yeah, we just uh, make it a big part of our business. So that's, the podcast, it's, it's, uh, I think a lot of folks get stuff from it there. Every once in a while, you have someone on your show that you kind of, they're talking about their journey or, you know, you also have some health and wellness entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And one of the topics that's come up and, you know, that I hear every once in a while, and it's just about how, um, and I realized this when I started going to my mastermind baby bathwater, I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one that had anxiety, but entrepreneurs actually suffer more than we think from anxiety, depression, and, you know, bipolar types of um, symptoms that aren't, they're not bipolar. It's just like being an entrepreneur is harder than people think. It's kind of manicky on off really quick. Can't really control the, the loops in your head sometimes. Yeah. I love it still. And yeah, I know, I'm sure, I don't think it ever goes away, but we kind of learn how to battle it or keep it at bay, I guess, with certain mechanisms and practices. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we can chat all about that all day long. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually listening to Cameron Harold. Um, he was talking mm. to the Baby Bathwater group and he was, he listed like the eight signs of bipolar. But when he was listing them, he was like, okay, does anybody feel like this? Does anybody feel like that? And like everybody raised their hand for each one of them. And he's like, okay, I just, I just listed the eight signs of being bi- bipolar, but like, obviously not every, you're not all yeah. bipolar. It's just, yeah. it's just one of those, um, I guess it, it's just what the makeup of entrepreneurs, it, it, they live in a very str- stressful world and mm. kind of, it comes out on your interviews that you're talking to different entrepreneurs and um, you know, also he talked about just, and I, I covered this in my book, Digital Detox Secrets, Entrepreneurs and Suicide, and hmm. how you just, you know, we can list X amount of entrepreneurs that have committed suicide. And you're like, what? That person was yeah. so successful. But like, little do you know what goes on behind, you hmm. know, behind someone's head, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, look at the, uh, what, um, uh, Bourdain, for instance, he's the first one that comes to mind. It's like, Anthony Bourdain, here's a guy that's traveling the world, and he gets to go everywhere, and he's probably not paying for anything, and he's getting paid well, and he's at the top of his game, and then suicide. Yeah, it's, and we'll never know exactly what was going on, even if notes are left or whatever, but uh, 
um, yeah, it's, and with the personal story of suicide in my, not in my personal and not myself, obviously, but my dad last year, uh, took his own life right before I had my first baby, which was a horrible timing, but obviously it's never a good timing, but, um, yeah, he wasn't an entrepreneur, but definitely, I mean, we're all human. So I took, a, I saw a lot of what kind of, uh, you know, in his later years, what, how that transitioned from his norm, like his, his routines were different. Location was different. Uh, communication was different, but that's all that can all be applied to an entrepreneur as well. And sometimes it's even heightened because those types of things, the things that are really rooted in depression and suicide, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are really good at having masks on, you know, and talking to a lot of folks and being bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. And then when the camera goes off, or the lights go down, they're kind of alone feeling even if they do have a family around because they, they, maybe they're not expressing themselves or they're not communicating properly with, you know, their loved ones asking for help because entrepreneurs feel like they just do it all themselves. And I know that I fall into that trap often, but that's probably the biggest one I've been working out of. And, uh, yeah, it's just like that kind of loneliness factor I feel like is a big piece with entrepreneurs. And I think also with entrepreneurs, like you said, you know, they're, they're extroverts, but then they're also introverts. Like I mm -hmm. really like being alone. Like I love like going back to my hotel room when I'm at conferences and just shutting yeah. the door and like, maybe I don't have to like do anything the next day, but there's like 10 events happening that if you don't go to, then it's like, you know, what if you don't go? And it's just kind of like layer on top of layer, which you know, like you said, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to feel those layers. And I feel like, you know, right now with um, what the world is going through, what businesses are going through, you know, what teachers are going through, what students are going through, what everybody's really going through in a different way. It's, it is a recipe for depression, for oh, yeah. disaster. And, you know, I, I actually, you know, firsthand, you know, my daughter is suffering and I got mm -hmm. a, a, um, an education on de the definition of depression. And like, there's a difference between being depressed and being sad and being depressed for, you know, it could be temporary, situational, but if you don't mm -hmm. get it treated, it turned, it just turns into this vicious cycle yeah. of, um, you know, long, suffering from long-term depression is hard to reverse and you need to seriously take, um, take action. And, but if yeah. you're never diagnosed with it, how do you even know? That's tough. Yeah. And that's cause I'm actually, I've been thinking since my dad passed away, I've been, yeah, yeah. I look at all the good and I looked at the bad qualities, of course, and it's just kind of doing this audit of his life. And unfortunately, you know, there's no, no note, no nothing, no, like nothing. So it's like, hold on, what just happened? You know, so it's kind of this onion that's been unlayering itself since last October. And, um, you know, like I see these patterns now, like for him, he was a runner every single day. He would go run like six to 10 miles a day when he was like, which, wasn't that long ago. So I mean, like he died, I think at 66 he was, and kind of was like freaking active. But then the last few years of his life, a couple of years stopped running and he stopped going outside as much. Like I loved going outside. Um, he stopped communicating as much and, you know, he had different relationships. Uh, he was with a girlfriend that's like kind of stifled a lot of that, a lot of him really. And I feel like that like I've taken to my life and for one, like it's very easy to get stifled in our work 
yeah, I know I've done that when you're like, Oh, I can go, go, go. I can do this thing. Even on the weekend, it's, I'm always thinking of it. And, uh, you know, even recently I had this kind of aha, I think I said it on your other show actually is, um, you have this open loop. It's like, if you have this open loop, you're not truly alive. Like you're not present. You're thinking of some future thing or even maybe in the past. So like either anxiety or depression, you know, it's one of those two. Well, they typically say depressions in the past and anxieties in the future. Well, I, we also, yeah, I also got an education on anxiety and I can't remember what they call this part of anxiety, but it's like, um, thought, feeling behavior. And it's this vicious mm -hmm. cycle that you have a thought, but the thought is typically not a fact when it comes mm -hmm. to anxiety. Like, so like, if you could just think of like, I used to be afraid of flying, you know, mm -hmm. like being afraid of, of flying, like when I get on a plane, like there's no, like, I can't say it's a fact that the plane is going to crash. So right. it's bringing that onto yourself. And then mm -hmm. that thought creates, um, the feeling of being scared and anxious and then a behavior. And it's just like this like vicious cycle that mm -hmm. and then anxiety and depression together. Just it's scary. Oof. Yeah. And there's like these mechanisms. I'm starting to see them show up in myself because I'm like, okay, well, if my dad was that, you know, like I didn't see something like this coming. Um, and I'm like, he has a lot of similar personality traits as me. Not all of them, obviously I'm shared with, you know, my mom and other environment and stuff, but but I'm like, okay, so just, and this literally happened just last two weekends, even this weekend was one of them. It was like, I almost start freaking out a little bit if I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's, it's weird to say that, but it's like, I literally have nothing to do. Work is fine. Life is fine. Like family's fine. But for some reason I'm freaking out mentally. Like I'm getting a little short. I could feel it, you know? And um, I noticed recently is oh, I need to move my body. I need to go do something physical, raise my blood pressure. Like everything needs to go. And um, it wasn't literally just recently. I've started running just like three miles here and there because I used to run all the time. That was my passion um, until it started hurting in my knees and stuff. So, um, but like I'll just go around the block now or just like go down the street. I have a lot of hills around here so it doesn't take much to get going. And I feel better. I think it's like, even if it's five minutes, I'm like, holy crap, I could think clear again. Like that, that's how I thought of the whole thing. Like, Oh, close the loop and just become alive. Like literally it's like everything else. Now I can actually see, you know, the, the fruit on the trees that I'm running by. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Look at all these oranges or something. Yeah. It's, and like, whereas before I'm like, ah, I gotta do this thing and all like kind of anxious and tight feeling, you know? And that's yeah. Not and it's amazing how much more productive you are from mm. and how clear and freer you feel it's like it's like a natural drug is to it is move your body and you know whether it's yoga or uh -huh. go running or, or something and you know it's actually i mean just it's a proven fact like how that will help oh. you so much versus turning to something like self-medicating with you know a glass of wine or you sure. know, smoking pot or something which you know is fun every once in a while socially but like right. doing it to like to Here, feel yeah. better yeah. yeah to like yeah, yeah. it's abandoned yeah it's not yeah. good yeah. yeah and it's hard now you know we're stuck at home a lot and you know there's more free time so what are some of the things that let you do just to kind of besides running to keep your mm -hmm. your mind kind of on the right path or you know yeah yeah it's a that's something i'm always kind of experimenting with so breathing is a huge piece for me uh either you know I choose to either, you know, I always like to breathe in the morning. Yeah. And I say breathing, it's like typically like a Wim Hof kind of practice. 
very, uh, you know, aggressive inhales and then the, the exhale that goes in. You can do like a sped up approach where you do like a 30 second increment, a minute, 30, uh, yeah, a minute and a half to, or straight up Wim Hof style. And anyone can look that up and see what that's all about. Um, that almost feels like a drug too, because after I'm done with that, my head's just like, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've cool. ever done that before, but it sounds similar to it. Have you ever done Kundalini yoga? It's similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. I tried I, that once and or I've tried it a bunch of times, but when you walk out of even 20 minutes of Kundalini, mm. you feel high as a kite. You feel mm -hmm. like the world is just like amazing. And like uh -huh. you just walked into this like wonderland and yeah. You can walk in before you walked into my, when I went to that class, I was having the worst day ever. And I just forced wow. myself to go. And I walked out, I was like, life is good. <laughs> it's crazy. Huh? I mean, like, cause that's, yeah. And most of the, it's that it breathing. really, it's breathing. And I know what, there's some movement in the yoga, obviously. Yeah. And Kundalini, I think there's, yeah, there's still doing, it's is some, that a lot of, it's more breathing than anything. It's more though, like right? really like intense breath work you know yeah some people can, are like oh that sounds really boring like i don't want to no. just sit there and breathe but it's really breath is the best yeah. yeah that's the thing i mean i've done some crazy breath work and you know like ice baths i've done that whole thing which is a lot of uh wim hof i've done it with shamans with some interesting plant medicines in me and like doing that for an extended period for like four hours of crazy breathing with like you know all this other stuff <laughs> that's just like heightens everything but but at the end of the day you don't need all that you can just literally just sit on a rock like i'll do sometimes in my yard here and uh it's kind of cool because it's like a native american like old sacred area so there's like a little grinding stone so i'm like cool i just plop myself on that rock right next to where i'm like cool some cool history has gone down here i don't know what but i'm gonna breathe and feel tapped in and i'll do that in the morning i'll try to do that we uh daily in the morning uh just kind of before things get too active and too hot out here and it sets me up for the day yeah so it's breathing's huge okay and, so one of the things on your bio when we were talking uh, about this on social fear secrets was that um you talk about you you that about taking a digital detox to hawaii mm -hmm. so, <laughs> i guess you can't go to hawaii right now but um, so I have I have one scheduled later this year though in November I'm praying that it's I might extend the trip just so if we have to quarantine we'll just say screw it I'm here for a month we so <laughs> can do it anyway. How is that a digital detox for you? What is what do you do well, in Hawaii? So that one I'm I'm really good at like just putting away my devices and not looking at them. If I'm with my family I have absolutely no problem just setting my phone in like a closet or a, you know not closet but like in a drawer somewhere and just leaving it. Um and and so I think that's I know that's what I do when I go on trips in general in Hawaii that's just like my happy place. I love Maui and kind of going off into these far off areas and kind of just forgetting about everything and I forget exactly what I wrote there, to be very honest. But no, it was just what, that you know your favorite digital detox is going to Hawaii or, or mm. hiking or you know going on, yeah just getting away and going into nature. That's it. Yeah, I mean, my big thing is I want to, and I haven't done this yet, but I've done this more for an extent, you know, short periods. Is have a like a screen-free, a digital-free uh, trip. You know, start with a week, maybe go a little further, but. There's just so many, like we were talking about before, all these notifications and things that always keep us on. And it's like, well, do we really need to be on all the time or respond to that message immediately? It's like, 
no, I got my life to live. I want to make sure I'm paying attention to my family and my dogs. And so like, I kind of live that in my house a little bit. Like once work is done, I really do really well of just like shutting it off, close the door and walk away. And so Hawaii is kind of like a, I guess a heightened version of that where it really takes me out of my element big time. So many people have a really hard time shutting it off and putting the phone away at all, like at all. So what advice do you give to people like that? I mean, I know probably 99% of the people I know cannot do that. Yeah, I know. And and I'm not like perfect in terms like, I still will do a quick check in here and there, but it's not like much. And, um, I feel like I've always been really good at compartmentalizing things and, uh, you know, recently more so with the business. So like having structure to my days enough, uh, there's a newer friend of mine named uh, George Bryant calls them containers. So it's like having containers with your time. So a container of exactly what you want to get done with work or uh, a project at home, you know, like allot yourself that container, but like, be true to it. So focus on that. If it's work container and if it involves a phone or all this other stuff, that's cool, but just don't let it bleed over to the rest of your day. So I've always kind of done that in weird ways, like emotionally, like even with my dad passing, like I was able to kind of compartmentalize in certain scenarios where it won't bleed over so much into like something else I'm trying to focus on or a big presentation or something. But then, so I don't know, that's like not really like a, it's not something I actively do all the time. I, I think that the word you use, compartmentalize, is a word that a lot of people, um, it could work to their advantage or disadvantage. But I think it, for yeah. the most part, like if you can compartmentalize the way that you're describing it, that it's it's healthy and you, mm-hmm. you aren't, um, you know, basically, you're not pretending like something didn't happen and never coming back to it because that type of compartmentalizing would be, you know, it's just ignoring putting, putting stuff under yeah. the carpet type of yeah. thing compartmentalizing but you do have to be able to you know wake up and see your daughter and you know not be in bed with the covers over your head not wanting to <laughs> come out which is like you know that you know you want to do you know, when something bad happens like that's the first go-to at least for me yeah. I want I want to get yeah. a weighted blanket on top of me and just nobody bother me. The best. Yeah, blackout <laughs> shades and go work. <laughs> I had to stop using my weighted blanket because I wanted to stay in bed all day. I'm right? Like, this thing is too good. <laughs> I've been asking for a weighted blanket for my birthday for like a month. So do you have a brand that you like? Do you have- uh, who? Brand? No, it was some on Amazon, but I think I have all a 15 right. pounder. So okay, 15 is good. Okay, that's the one. I'm, I actually found one on Amazon. Yeah, I would say most are good, but the poundage is uh, what you really got to ask. <laughs> what does a day in the life of Joe look like? <laughs> oh, that's scary. There... <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say uh, it starts off with me family time, ideally in the morning um, before work time. So I'm not, you know, again, compartmentalizing all that stuff is work stuff waits until typically nine to 10 o'clock is when I get started. But before that, Ideally, like I did today, is work out, uh, go on a walk with the family. Uh, today, I did both somehow. <laughs> we made it work. Um, and, you know, that's kind of my morning and just coffee. I'm always doing bulletproof coffee in the morning. So that kind of jacks up my brain, gets the fat going. I don't really eat anything until like later in the day. Are you guys, but, are, you, you talked about, are you still doing intermittent fasting? I remember you guys talked about that on the I, just, I guess I do it without like totally. I'm not strict on myself. So again, I'm not like going to be hard nosed about this stuff, but 
like I ate today around like 1230, which is earlier than I normally would. I'd probably wait till two-ish, kind of like right now. Um, typically, that butter coffee that I have in the morning holds me over really well. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll do things like that. I always have this iodine uh, droppers from a guy that was on our podcast. You haven't? Yeah. <laughs> I got my wife on that. Now I do 15 drops a day in the morning. I really um, feel like that's why I have not gotten sick since. Really? Since yeah. March. And I haven't eaten. Nothing. Like not, not even a little bit. So that's we have so to like cool. make sure we talk about Theo's, what is it called? Theo. Theo Lucier. Um, yeah, that's a uh, Mother Earth Labs or something like that. I think Put it's. Put in the show notes. Yeah, it's good. And so, yeah, I do that every morning, vitamin D, of course, all that stuff, you know, I kind of do his, uh, his stack that he talked about on our show. But um, yeah, in the, in the work day, I'm kind of working, like I said, around 10 to uh, sometimes it's earlier. I'm shooting for more like four o'clock as like an ending point, but nothing's to say I might have a podcast at four or even four thirty or five, but I'm taking like the gaps in the day to go outside, go on a walk, it's not blazing hot like it is right now. And um, I like to just get some outside time. I got to get that sun where I start to freak out, kind of like I was saying earlier. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, and then the evening I'm always, I can't, I can't just like watch TV or, or even like an uh, interesting show. It kind of like, I can watch one maybe and then just kind of, uh, I just got to get into doing something more productive. So like reading or just hanging out with the family, I don't know. Not one to just sit around. <laughs> yeah. One thing I hear that you guys talk about, and I just think somebody listening to a podcast or just maybe listening to a podcast, they must be like, oh, this is, you know, it is fun interacting mm-hmm. and interviewing people and just doing what we're doing right now, but it is exhausting. It's not yes. as, as easy as, you know, you get off and the, uh, from the interview, whether you're mm-hmm. hosting or guesting, it's almost like going to a conference and just speaking for an hour, which is right. very hard because you're hundred percent focus. So what is, what is it like? Do you do anything special to prepare or do you do anything special after? That's a, that's a huge one. Cause our podcast days, we used to record four in a row and uh, that was brutal because when we were done with the third one, uh, we started feeling this kind of almost like a hangover effect, like a day after drinking, like this weird dull headache, very lethargic eyes were burning kind of just from looking probably doesn't help looking at a screen all the time that's why I had glasses on earlier (laughs) it's probably also like people can relate a little bit from being on zoom calls all day now it's like the zoom hangover right it is and like I think but I think the biggest piece is what you just said you have to be on what doesn't yeah don't have to be on you choose to be on because you want to do a great interview but it's yeah it's just like going doing a speech um any time where because I, I think literally, I don't know if it was Theo that said this or uh, Dave Asprey when we had him on, but like your brain swells when you have to concentrate or when you're using that much energy. So of course you're going to have a headache because your brain's literally swelling up, you know, and if you're always on, you got you to gotta rest that brain. So yeah. we do uh, three a day now is our max. So we actually okay. chopped off the fourth because we're like, you know what, we're, we're literally hurting ourselves. And it's not worth it for the, for the listener because we want to put a good product out there. So definitely. So that's a tip a for somebody that's doing, starting to trying to start a podcast. If you're trying to yeah. do like more than two or three interviews a day, even when I do two, yeah. I, like I have, you know, I learned from you guys. Uh-huh. 
I interview twice a week and try not to have any other types of client meetings or anything that's going to like cause me any serious brain use, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just want to be as fresh as possible. Last week wasn't one of those weeks. I had all kinds of stuff happening back to back. And then I all (laughs) of a sudden had to do an interview for an hour and then an interview at the end of the day. And I was just like, I've done that before. I think last week I had some of that too happen. I'm like, oh, dang it. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just kind of like seeing things like, notifications that you didn't want to see like come across and you're just like oh hi <laughs> <I'm so-> <laughs> yeah yeah that's I mean that's I feel like the biggest thing is switching costs for sure like I'm constantly thinking now because I'm I'm actively trimming so much from my day-to-day and just saying no more uh Aaron who who you introduced me to at MindFix uh yeah. that was the thing that I I did I'm I, I keep giving her shout outs everywhere because she legitimately changed how my brain works. I feel like it's, share some of the tips that she gave you that are yeah. working. She, you don't so, mind. No, it's perfect. Yeah. And she asked if I could, because I'm like glad to. Um, so we had her on, on our podcast and uh, she basically described the whole patterns thing. I think she's been on your show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she described all that stuff and then basically said, Hey, I'll just work with you. And like, I really want to help you. And mine was the overcommitting pattern. And uh, well, at first I thought it was procrastination and all this stuff. She was like, yeah, it's overcommitting. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Matt would say like, yes, that's right. Um, so she made me, not made me, she had me do a list on Google Docs of everything I'm saying no to for a week. And I think within a week, I had like 20 or 30 things I did, I put on there. And some were some pretty big things too, like saying no to big people that, even she was like, holy crap, how the heck are you, like her comments were amazing. They were just like, holy shit, how are you doing all this in one session? And, you know, in this short period of time, and then we had a couple follow-ups. And um, I think after that, it was like, okay, change does not have to be long or difficult or complicated, you know, like changing for the better or just eliminating something. Cause I had this kind of thing where it's like, oh, you got to do more for more. It's like, no, you could subtract and get more. So, you know, like yeah, work, work sense. less and make more kind right, of thing or do right. more. So that's, that was my big thing. And since doing that, I'm like, it's kind of just locked in now. I'm like, okay, well, here's another opportunity. Now's my game to turn on and like, what do I do with this? 80% of these are going to be a no. Does this mm-hmm. one, you know, come through the filter? And most of them are not. So I'm like having a fun time saying no to podcast interviews or saying, hey, follow up in like three months. Yeah. So I put it back on them. Um, And it's never in a jerk way. It's like, and it's hard for me to say no, because I'm kind of a people pleaser. So it's like, so Aaron just got me out of that. You like so much. You like interacting. It's fun for you while you're doing it, but then you just don't realize like how exhausted you are after doing it because you said yes so much. And the switching costs. Yeah, it's, it's the exhaustion. It's like the... And like you said, oh, I'm on a call or I got to answer or I got a deadline, but it's like, oh crap, now I got to do this interview. Oh, I got to go back. And it's like this switching, it's, you know, that time is like probably a 30, good 30 minutes of your brain kind of in mush mode. Yeah. And it's like, sure. like not effective. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you also fun. talk a little bit about flow state. Mm. How do you get to your flow state? I, I think it's a, a lot of what we're, so I get in flow chatting with people like you yeah, because as someone who shares great thoughts, help me to get into a flow state or starts to connect stuff for me. 
but then getting to real fluid state, I got to like get outside or do something away from the screen. So that's do a lot of writing. Do you do a lot of writing? I, journaling at night is um, I'm pretty consistent with, I'm not going to say I'm daily, but um, yeah, those are, that's where I'll connect a lot of dots and it'll start with like a uh, Rich Sheffer and a buddy of ours is like, he calls it a uh, sentence stems. So you kind of start off with this, this idea of like, okay, I'm trying to solve this problem. What if I, you know, here's what I would do. And you almost kind of just like list a bunch of brainstorming of how to solve this thing that you're working through with this issue, this frustration, whatever it might be. That's really cool. And then it's almost like, yeah. And that will unlock, some will be like really like kind of like, oh, well, that's obvious or blah, blah, blah. And then you're like writing like, whoa, where did that one come from? And then it connects the dots. And I feel like that's, it's those things that connect the dots in your subconscious or wherever those are hiding out will allow you to get more into the flow state and kind of just realize, Oh, most of the other stuff I was doing is probably not worth it. And, um, so yeah, I'll do that and, and definitely mix in, like I said, the, the working out, the going outside, I got to do that. Just something somewhere away from being cooped up inside. I'm not good in a, in a box all day long. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I'm made for. Yeah, me neither. Uh, yeah. CBD helps too, by the way. Yes, and that is a yeah. uh, shameless plug for Ojai. Well, let's just both <laughs> plug Ojai Energetics because literally that's how I live is, um, you know, really? yeah, yeah. I take baths with it. I take it like just as needed during the day. Uh -huh. It definitely optimizes my, my um, mode, whatever it is. It either yeah. helps me feel less anxious or, you know, helps me sleep better at night. And when I don't have it, it's kind of, annoying that <laughs> you don't have it like, if, if i go out of town and forget it it's like oh yeah, yeah. i know i was actually just looking at it, i'm like i gotta i gotta go get some more <laughs> that and i realized my peppermint uh because um i did the whole trick that you told me about you know oh, you smell did? peppermint and yeah it, i did that right before uh, our interviews here yeah i i mean that's actually one of my tricks that i do too like right before mm -hmm. conferences or you know, I'll do something like that or listen to just, there's like a five minute meditation on Buddhify that's called ready. Okay. And yeah. It's, it's for like, if you're about to like be in a competition or do an interview or give uh -huh. a speech and it's a guided meditation and that really helped you. I haven't done it in a while because it's more for like when you're speaking at a conference and you just have to kind of get in that flow state. Yeah. So I would Ooh. do that. But yeah, Buddhify is one of my favorite. Apps. apps okay yeah. i just wrote it down i've yeah. never heard of that one it's a cool yeah. name <laughs> yeah definitely um what are some of your favorite tips that you've heard from your guests just about you know just digital detox in general or health and wellness that you're just like you know theo is one of them and mm -hmm. what else you guys now you're just oh, part of your lifestyle yeah oh my god it's like now they're like mashing together so much because we just all these little nuggets are just hurt are amazing um let's see here there was one that for some reason, Dave Asprey is popping up in mind uh, is yeah, he, I said something like, Oh, our time, time is our greatest resource. And he was like, actually energy is. And I was like, interesting. And so he's like, well, yeah, like, so is the time that you, you uh, like <laughs> say you choose to drink a lot the night before. And it's like, how's that time in the morning when you wake up at, you know, seven or o'clock or so. Yeah. How's that time feeling for you? Is that really worth it? Or is it like the energy that's associated, like what you're putting out there? You know, it's like if you had, 
um, I'm, I'm totally butchering this, but, but the whole thing, it was, it was kind of like a reframe of like, okay, well, here's the commonly thing is a, a time is what the precious resource. It's like, actually, it's the energy that we put into things, like the quality of energy yeah. that, that actually is put in. You can put in all the time in the world, but is that really what's going to give you the result you want? Yeah, so that, that's so true. Interesting reframe there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we had Will on from Ojai. He was amazing. And I thought that that just kind of opened up our minds to these plants out there that can help us. Um, Theo has been great on the podcast. He's a biohacker. So he talked about things all the way down from um, desiccated. Is that how you say it? Uh, liver, basically dried liver. <laughs> it's like how those are some of the best, uh, you know, vitamins and minerals out there. And I hope that's true. Uh, taking some of those now, but little things, little things like that, little, uh, like yeah. I mentioned, George Bryant containers on your day. I mean, yeah. he's like time blocking. If that works for some people has been an effective tool for people on our show. Yeah, but we'll put those in. I'll put them in the, the links cool. in the interview notes. And if you think of any more, you can just email me and, and let yeah. me know. But There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Digital Detox Secrets, we could go on forever. And I really, you know, appreciate you sharing your story about your dad. And if you have yeah. any other tips for, you know, anyone listening on like how to, you know, deal with something like that and mm-hmm. overcome it and identify, like, I would love, you know, if there's any last bits of wisdom that you have. Yeah, no, it's a, if there's any interesting patterns popping up that maybe don't feel right in you or in someone else you love or know, uh, talk to them or talk your feelings out. And if it has to be just to yourself, that's okay. You don't have to be like, go talk to your, you know, you need to write it down, use journaling. Like journaling has been amazing for me to unlock these weird patterns that I'm like what the hell is this thing or like you know you're frustrated in this thing write it out it's like just the act of unloading your brain can do so much and um, so I'd say that breathing is huge and this is actually something I was telling my dad not long before uh, he passed away is this exercise that John Asaraf actually talked about on the podcast now see now this is pulling up things. Um, it was this breathing technique. Uh, I forget exactly what John said, but basically it's focusing on your in breath on the new and then breathing out the, you know, kind of the stuff that doesn't serve you and being very intentional with that breath. And and then that out breath of just exhale the, the garbage that doesn't serve the weird patterns and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I like more the aggressive breathing, but Oh my God, those things have been like game changers whenever I'm in a funk. And like I said, running any pattern that you find yourself like in your happy place, like write it down and like tattoo it to your arm or something, because like, it's crazy the times where I'll find myself in this weird pattern. And and then it's not until like maybe later that evening after I've totally like banged my head against the wall figuratively, (laughs) um, be like, why did I just run? Why did I just go on that bike in my garage? That's literally right there for like two minutes. And I would have got out of that funk yeah yeah it's 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 weird how when you're in a funk like you know what you're supposed to do but you Uh literally don't do it (laughs) i mean it's true 
yeah you know, it's, I'm it's crazy really guilty of it all the time like i'm like okay i just need to go to yoga right now and i will be so much better right when i get out but like mm. some days i just don't go you know and just or you can even just do some i'm sure you know enough of the sequences that you just go in your your house somewhere in your backyard or whatever and then probably bust a couple of those out and yeah. you're probably feeling 50 yeah. percent of the way there at least right <laughs> you know? yeah it's crazy <laughs> one thing i just learned also about suicide is that um just in, just in general just kind of like preventing uh protecting your mind from having mm -hmm. those thoughts is to yeah. not watch things that are super super stressful like where like like just for example a, a movie where maybe somebody mm. commits suicide or something super intense like i mean i think do you watch ozarks i i have i, I haven't <laughs> kept up with it but yeah. it's creepy I but know like that. <laughs> watching watching just like super intense and yeah written where people are either you know killing themselves or killing other people mm -hmm. it's just like super unhealthy to do if especially if you're suffering if you're you know already have anxiety or depression or you're feeling bad just because of something if like if you're feeling uh -huh. sad temporarily like the worst thing you can do is watch something like that that's like that's true and, and it's kind of addicting really, in a way like because yeah. you're like oh look i'm not but it's like no no it's bad no yeah. <laughs> not good timing yeah watch something yeah. like Mr. Rogers or you know, something that you're going to feel good. Yeah. It's smile. so tough. It's like, yeah, stay away from the news probably. Yeah. It's yeah. probably not going to serve you at least not feeling better. Yeah. The news um, is polarizing right now. Oh yeah. I mean, so either way you're going to get stressed out on something you yes. know, because they're trying to be polarizing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say that's, those are all great tips and patterns. We all have our personal patterns, understand your patterns and journal on them and practice them, but don't forget them. I think that when you get out of your patterns, like, like they, like my dad did, bad things can spiral like thing after thing. He used to cook all the time, stop cooking. It's like when one thing I think drops, it's a sign that there's others that could follow. And if too many drop, then it doesn't leave you in a perfect, a good spot for being you. Yeah. And also, I don't know if this was with your dad, but it's, but starting new patterns that are not mm -hmm. patterns, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, somebody's not doing something that they truly love, but somebody is doing something that they never did before hanging out with people that maybe are just, yep. you know, not in the, their normal like circle. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. People it's, it's who you hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> yes, totally. All right. Well, Joe, thank awesome. you so much for joining us on Digital Detox Secrets. You've shared a lot and um, I really appreciate it. And if you think of anything else that you want to add or any of your <laughs> most popular best shows that I want to like make note of um, yeah. from your past interviews and everybody tune into Hustle and Flowchart because <laughs> Matt and Joe are great and that every topic and every guest is just a different story and a different background and love listening it's to fun. you guys. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been a great time. I love your show too and your book because literally there's like a nugget in every single one of them. So thank you. Thank love you. It. You guys have tons of books and base I think the best thing about Hustle and Flowchart, we've said this before, but not on this show, just the community. And I think that's a very important part of like a digital detox secret is be part of a community that where you are gonna thrive in and people are thriving around you. Hundred percent. Yeah. We thrive off the community, like period. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, yeah, we wouldn't be doing this thing anymore. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Nam Namaste. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon 
or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.